Proving Grounds, the only Magic the Gathering podcast that proves you can put all the spoilers into one podcast episode instead of stretching them out over a month and a half. Yeah, because otherwise you're just a spoiler show with like a break in between of like three weeks. <laughs> Magic the spoiling. I mean, I disagree with that, but sure. Of course you would disagree that you disagree with everything. That's why you're here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I mean, I, I don't think you should talk about it all the time, but if some hot new card comes out, you should probably give it a mention. Yeah. Yes. Well, we, I agree with that. And I think that's kind of our, our MO. And we talked about some interesting cards as they popped up here and there. Anyways. But it's not like our chat hasn't been filled with us. Oh, I know. Right. Uh, it's <laughs> like, if you looked at our chat, our chat looks like those spoiler podcasts that you hate. <laughs> I don't hate them. I'm just saying that I don't want to do them all the time. I enjoy really? hearing other people talk. They're a lot of work, I, man. Yeah, I'd want other things filling in, too. You know, I don't want to yeah. just always talk about new cards. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh, this one sucks. This one's not. I'd rather just talk about the good ones. Yeah. Well, if you didn't just want to talk about new cards, how come it's the only thing in our chat for the last week and a half? Well, because we're preparing for this show. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> research. It's not that that's what you wanted to talk about. I gotcha. Yeah. Anyways, I'm your host, moderator Dave, and I have with me other better Dave, me, and Ben. <laughs> guys, got. I'm still not used to this. Like, not the host not saying the name thing. Yeah. You, you got to jump in and introduce yourself. You so. just you sounded so defeated when you said Ben. It, it yeah. sounded like Ben. It's like you miss your cue I'm on here. stage, and then everybody knows you missed your cue, and then you're like, oh, Aww. how do I come up from this? All right, so uh, let's get down to brass tacks. What have you guys been doing this week? Um, evaluating Dominaria spoilers. Yes. Just uh, and also um, playing my popper deck that I built uh, for the challenge. It turns out it's hard to test your deck when you only have Sparky to play against because you can't. <laughs> there's no popper format uh, to test on officially unless there's an event going on in arena. Yeah, that's a little rough. Ran into the same problem myself. Yeah, I think we all had that problem. Yeah, <laughs> it was rough. This challenge was rough. Um, That's why I didn't even test mine. So I'm just going to say, I didn't even, I was like, I'm not even going to go against Sparky because even if I go against Sparky, I don't really have a baseline for what a popper deck's supposed to do to Sparky. I'm just going to roll balls deep into the challenge with no testing. Wow. Mm. Bold. Worked out for Ben all right last last week. He got the second place. I guess I can't uh, begrudge the strategy. <laughs> I try so hard, and I'm probably going to be last place again. But I actually did two decks. But we'll talk you, about this. You tried, you tried so hard. Got, got so, far. so far. But in the end. But in the end. Superior Dave whips your ass anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, started streaming on the Proving Grounds channel this week. So ben came and said hi. I didn't, I didn't see you there, though, uh, other Dave. Because uh, you, you kept streaming while I was working. <laughs> yeah. You you had internet? I'm I'm hitchhiking. Finally got connectivity in uh midway through New Mexico. I'm excited about this next thing we're gonna talk about because I think I may have actually won something. It's a shame that it's a non title match. Yeah. It's a shame that it's a it's a it's a uh, win that doesn't mean anything. 
But let's uh, let's resolve the predictions challenge, shall we? Sure. Do you just want to go through each hint, or do you just want to talk about the ones I got right and the ones you didn't? Did you guys get any of them right? I don't think so. This was actually hard. I'd like to say that I got, was it, I've got the, I guess, the Planeswalker correctly, which was Liliana of the Veil. The popular Planeswalker gets a reprint card. And then I got Returning Crew of the Weatherlight gets cards, which was Karn, Squee, and Iratai, which I was pulling Iratai like straight out of my butt there. I didn't have any clue. <laughs> Like he was going to be, I just like the character. I was like, you know what? I'm going to throw that out there because he was cool. But apparently he's back and yeah. he did, and he did die, but he's been re, uh, he's been resurrected. Frexians are good about that, I guess. Yeah. He's bringing everybody back for one last hurrah. I think we'll skip the ones we didn't get right because a lot of them fall into what we're talking about. Yeah. Going forward. So we don't want to repeat ourselves, but I'm the winner. While I don't get a belt, I think I should be called Oracle Dave since I did win the predictions episode. <laughs> Look, what do you guys think? Well, back to the things. I just want to bitch about one thing real quick. They said a character players have been requesting get a card for years finally gets one was one of the hints. <laughs> and that card was somebody I've never even heard of. Yeah, apparently <laughs> we don't read enough flavor text, I guess, because you know, this... Uh, card was mentioned uh, i guess i don't know any how many players it. so i, I will two i will, I will <laughs> two say players this. have I, been asking for this well okay let's not <laughs> it's uh jared Carthalian. carthalion carthalion what i will say is i was watching the stream as they started to talk about it okay so they, they were like hey coming up is this card they hadn't said the name yet, and like the chat was blowing up with with the Jared name, and I was like, "Who the f- is Jared? <laughs> wow, Jared! Who the f- is Jared?" And so, while none of us apparently have heard of Jared, apparently he has. A lot of people have been saying he needs a card because that, that was the only name that I saw in chat. And you know how that Twitch chat is; it was just like scrolling yeah. by, and it was just like a million Jareds, and I was like, okay. "People just blowing it up." Wow, um, I, Jared, whoever that is, apparently. I want to wrap it up. I am so upset that Blightmare is not a thing and that also they did not go hard into Poisonous at all. Uh, I'm, I'm glad they didn't go hard into Poisonous. I don't like Poisonous. Yeah. I, I like it. I wish there was more of it. And I, They did zero infect. They yeah, really I, hate that mechanic. I think if they are going to go back to Poison Counters and Infect, it needs to be in in the modern and not in, I don't, I don't hmm, think they yeah. will ever go back to that being something that is prevalent in standard. That yeah, a lot of sense. I agree with that because uh, Infect is kind of busted. Yeah, I, like I think they can do that in the modern packs since that stuff already exists in modern and it can add a tool set to a deck that's already out there, but I don't think you can put that stuff into standard again after oh, I, the way it went last time. Yeah, one more thing. I think that... Uh, Talking about other Dave's extra prediction, Goyf I'm still Gale. right. You're still right. I wanted to check in because the uh, the the Lorigarf we got was a uh, pretty cool. It's you, cool, but it, I don't think it's gonna you break don't, the meta the way the other Goyf did. Uh, yes, I because the, the the prediction was not that it would be bad. The prediction was that it would disappoint people who were expecting to get yep. 
Goyf level I mean, production. I'd like to point out that in the document that you wrote, it says Goyf will be bad in the meta. That's in the meta. In, in the meta. Yeah. Okay. That means that the he, I, that it that means mean? the current meta as it is, like mm. it won't slot in anywhere and do good. Okay. I'll You'd have to your, like build your, uh, something, but even then, I don't think it would be good. Like original I mean, Goyf I, is still better. Uh, yeah, it's mm. it. Also, the other prediction was that Ben would still be bad at magic, and that is definitely still true. I'll prove you wrong. One of these days, training montage featuring Eye of the Tiger. Yeah, punching some good. meat. Punching. Hey, man, what you do on your own time is none of my business. Go and punch them beef slabs. All right. Well, but, let's get into the spoiler part of the spoiler show. Yeah. Do you want to talk about the new injury turning mechanics yeah, for do it. the set? Let's, let's go. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk about the mechanics. The new ones first, and then we'll talk about the returning ones because new ones are cool. And the returning ones, half of kicker. Um, new keyword ability, read ahead, which I think is cool. It's uh, featured on Sagas. And it allows you to place, um, as the Saga ETBs, a lore counter, one or more, all the way up to the maximum amount of chapters. And then the Saga hits the, the board with that many counters on it and triggers that chapter. So if you put three counters on it, it's chapter three. Two counters on it, it's chapter two. Doesn't trigger the previous ones. Yeah, because you, you've read ahead. Right. I think this mechanic is good. I think I this think awesome will too. be... Uh, pretty good. It makes basically makes your card, your saga, a modal card. I mean, how many times have you played a saga and said, man, I I don't want to wait those two turns because I really need that third one right now. And now you can I really have prefer it. to have my kiki-jiki on uh, turn one, actually. Thanks. <laughs> well, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's quite a powerful keyword. I mean, so the power of the keyword also depends on the power of the card. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, but uh, the cards that it is on I'll do really cool things. I think that it's a very, like you said, makes a card a modal card. So you can choose what effect you need at the time. I, I really like this keyword. Modal. I really like all the new keywords. Uh, yes, modal cards are best cards. All right. So big thumbs up for everybody on the uh, read ahead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay, let's move on to stun counters. This was the uh, new evergreen, evergreen mechanic, counter. evergreen counter that we didn't get right. And I think this is like the coolest way. Like it's so simple, but yet so elegant that you're surprised that it took them 30 years to come up with this, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. When I, because... when I saw stun counter and read it, I was like, yep, that's the evergreen mechanic. It made is the, like it, was instantly like, why is this not have been a thing? And, Obviously, it will continue to be a thing. It's got so much legs to it. It's just like, ah, uh, it's great. So what is Stun Counter? Everybody's asking, I'm sure, because, you know, ours is the podcast that everybody listens to and listens to no other podcasts. That is, if a tournament with a store uh, Stun Counter on it would become untapped, remove one Stun Counter from it instead. I think instead of calling you Oracle Dave, I'm going to call you Humble Dave. <laughs> yeah so obviously this is good because if you want something to be tapped for multiple or times multiple then turns. it's good yeah. and it's it's good because anything with proliferate 
can I also gonna, increase the amount of stun counters. I was going to say proliferate could make this so that you could practically keep your entire opponent's board locked down. Yep. Yes. While buffing your own creatures, right? So, yeah. And then the other thing is I think it's better for readability of the game. Because sometimes when you're when you play a card and it says doesn't untap during its controller's untap step, there's not really like uh, that's you keep that up in the air and you kind of remember it. You can put a counter on it or whatever, but this this is a nice clean marker that you can mm-hmm. see. You know, uh, my question is does does this uh, does stun counter one replace uh, target creature does not untap during its next uh, controller's next unstep? I think it does. Phase? What do you think, David? No. You don't think so? No. It's not exactly uh, the same. That's why I was wondering, right. because it's not exactly the same, because anytime it would be untapped, you can remove a counter. Therefore, right. if you had a card that was like untapped target creature, you can untap it and take a counter off of it um, kind of thing. But yeah. it's real similar, and stun counter one takes up less room on a card. So it, uh, when, it's, when they think it'll be... Relevant, they will they will replace it, but otherwise, yeah, because because you can't proliferate. Yeah, you, the one you right. If it's not a stun you counter. Can't. You can't proliferate it. Yeah, I, I so say there are just, yeah, you're right. There are other ways that the stun counter is relevant, and uh, other ways that the other one can be relevant too. Does so. does yes. having a stun counter on it count as a modified creature? Yes, because uh, modified creatures anything with a counter on it. So yeah, that it, it is very counter. relevant that it's a counter. We all believe this has legs. Also, oh, yeah. thumbs up from us. All right. Now let's go on to the next keyword ability that is new, and that is enlist, or as I like to call it, fixed banding. <laughs> I've actually seen a lot of people confused about how this mechanic works. <laughs> it's it's very easy, I thought. I mean, the, the, the number one thing that I have seen people mess up is the summoning sickness part. Oh, yeah, it does yeah. specifically state that. Yeah, because people still, I still see people saying, oh, well, you can play this turn one and then enlist it into something else. I'm like, you can't, or you know, not turn one, but you can enlist yeah. something the turn you play it. I'm like, no, yeah. but have summoning sickness. Yeah. Right. As, and as, that's a stark difference to like crewing a vehicle because you can crew when you're summoning sick. You that cannot is correct. enlist. All right. So enlist is as this creature attacks, you may tap a non-attacking creature you control without summoning sickness. When you do, add its power to this creature's power until end of turn. Yeah, I really like this mechanic. I do too. Like I said, it's fixed banding. Yeah, um, but they, it also it gives you the ability to have creatures that have effects that you don't have to put at risk in order to do damage. Yep, punch above their weight class too. This. Probably helps like white weenie decks for sure. Also, thumbs up on this one. Yes, yeah. it's all yeah. right. Okay, the final new mechanic is power stone tokens. This is cool because a power stone token is an artifact with tap add one colorless mana. This mana cannot be spent on non artifact spells uh, to cast a non artifact yeah. spell. Yes, I think yeah. it's good. I think the Power Stone tokens themselves are good. I'm not sure that I like any of the cards that create them in this set. Does that make sense? Isn't that just Karn? No, there's, there's another one that does a... It's like Mana Engine or something um, that oh, does okay. the Karn thing, but it's not Karn. But yeah, having a token that you don't sacrifice to add the mana that just stays out 
I think that's uh, going to be something powerful in the future. I think we'll probably see more of it in uh, the Brothers War. You mean this really speeds up my affinity deck? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I like them. I think they're very flavorful. I don't know if it's the most lickable thing from the set, but it is up there. Like it a lot. Yeah, and and to note that the the wording of this mana can't be spent to cast a non artifact spell is a weird way of saying it. But it, at first you're like, okay, well, it's only for artifacts, but it's not actually. You can use this to um, activate abilities. Activate abilities. Right. Yep, so that's a good point. That's the weird way that it's worded. Because at first you're like, why didn't they just say? But that's why. When did you say it differently? Because it's this way for a reason. Right. I am positive there's going to be a, a way to break these things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure somebody's going to find it. Yeah, a, a way to like continuously untap them. Yeah. For, for some infinite amount of mana, because that's what people always do with artifacts. Uh-huh. That's why they're mm-hmm. like... That's why in this set, there's probably only like uh, a few cards that make it, and they come into play tapped. Yeah. Because they're like, ah, we don't want... We're scared of this mechanic. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets busted at some point in the in the near future. But I mean, what I is it? Amulet of Vigor? Doesn't that allow... Is it just lands untapped, or is it all permanents? I don't know. You're the modern player, you tell me. Yeah. It's whenever a permanent enters the battlefield tap under your control, untap it. So, I mean, you can easily combo that with with this Amulet of Vigor to make good mana. Mm. And it's an artifact, so... Artifacts are always broken, eventually. Um, moving on to returning mechanics. There's two of them. First one is Kicker. It's back. Yep. But did it ever really leave since everything nope. is, in fact, Kicker? Yeah, everything's a mode of Kicker. I feel like weren't kicker there, is always in standard anyway. I was going to say, weren't there uh, kicker cards in dungeons? Oh, was I it dungeons? Uh, mm, and Zendikar also had kicker. Uh, oh, no, it is Zendikar that yeah. I was thinking of. Sorry. All that stuff rotated out. Well, rotates out in September, right? Yep. Those two sets. It, well, they, it rotates out when kicker comes back in here in Dominion. Yeah, Maria. they're so just bringing it back. Yeah. Yeah, kicker like, we, standard. We must have kicker in standard at all times. I mean, it is. It seems to be everyone's favorite mechanic. So, well, it's, it's a neat little mechanic. It's all right. I mean, I, like, <laughs> you sound so disappointed about kicker. No, it's I mean, right. it's it's fine. It's great to have another choice if you draw a card late game. Then you can take advantage of the extra, but still get a card earlier. Right? Well, um, mm-hmm. It's great. But I'm, it, I mean, I mean, it's not my favorite mechanic. Yeah, it's. What, it's what's your favorite mechanic? Multi kicker, uh, obviously. <laughs> Um, yeah, man, multi-kicker inherently is better, right? I guess. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Wow. So it could be kicker? Mm. Sure. All right, let's move on to uh, the next keyword. No, 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 no. Other Dave, what's your favorite mechanic? I, I told you it, it's multi-kicker. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> it's inherently better than kicker. I like affinity for artifacts a lot. I do like that, too, actually. I'm going to change my yeah. answer. Or just right. affinity in general, I think is cool. Uh, I'm going to change my answer to direct damage. <laughs> is that an ability? <laughs> it's my favorite mechanic. Air right to the face. Mm. Yeah, um, mine, is, any- mine is cycling. But yeah, cycling is really powerful. Yeah, I, I would put cycling above kicker. Yeah, I would too. Anyways, as long as you include channel in in the cycling, cycling slash channel. If that's like one mechanic. I, I don't consider channeling cycling, but. Um, Either just the game, obviously. <laughs> yeah. 
If you were to ask me what the most powerful mechanic is, it's probably kicker. But if you're asking me which one I like the most, it's probably cycling. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, moving on to a mechanic that is neither cycling or kicker. It's the next keyword ability, which is domain. This was also an answer to one of the uh, clues uh, Mark Rosewater left, which was returning keyword ability that was not named originally but became named later it was originally introduced in apocalypse so it's fitting that it's coming back for apocalypse 2.0 and then was later named in uh, shards of alara block correct so now we have it here which is a uh, domain is an ability that counts the number of basic land types among the lands you control then gives you a boost uh, associated yeah, it does something that. based on that number yeah based on that number it's x is the number of basic lands you control land types. basic land types so up to five well up to six uh, technically because i think uh isn't mm, no. no five basic land types five basic land types but isn't Forest, the, the eldrazi no. one a basic land nope no it it is a it's a basic land, waste. but it does not have That's a right, base. Waste oh, it doesn't have a, right. A it's a devoid land, of a type. Right, right. Okay. But it doesn't have a type. Right. Okay. Got it. Very cool. Um, I don't. I think this this is an interesting mechanic. I just don't know that I like the idea of playing this mechanic. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't like the mechanic at all, actually. But I, I do think it's interesting that with the triomes and a shock land on turn two, you can have full domain, but. Yeah, but it's it's just it's one of those workhorse mechanics. That doesn't what are the that. chances that you are building a five color deck and you get the opposite triumph and the opposite shock lane in your starting hand? Uh, very low, I'm sure. It is possible, so then, but I mean, like when this was introduced, it was like okay, you can have domain in five turns or less because of the very very old you know taiga and all that, but like. It wasn't as powerful. Like, this can be more powerful now because of all the different types of lands that they have that have multiple basic land types. When was it introduced? Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Okay. I, I guess I was just thinking of when it was named. Yeah, which yeah. was a lark. Yeah. A lark. I don't know. I think it's one of those uh, workhorse mechanics. that It does have a little bit of flavor because your dominaria is coming together, much like they did in Apocalypse. For Apocalypse 2, Phyrexian Boogaloo, to, uh, you know, save the plane. So, I I, I think it, it's got some nice flavor to it, and it does do some work. It's just not as flashy as Kicker. Yeah, you basically have to or, build around it. Yeah, or as elegant as Stun counters. But, yeah. you know, it's there. I'm going to give it like a half a thumbs up. No, that makes one of us. Mm. No, I, I don't like this mechanic. No, I never no. did. So it's it's uh, a half a thumbs up from me and no thumbs from either of you. Right. Okay. Right. Well, that's depressing. It's a point five out of six. That's good. That's a good uh, score three. there. I, Sorry. I was about to say, I don't like, what well, kind of math are you working with? Can't sir? we do we two each thumbs? Have two thumbs. Yeah. Can't you do huh. two thumbs? So are you giving it one thumb, Ma Dave, or are you giving it a half of thumb when you, out of two? I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't aware that two thumbs were involved, so I'll give it one thumb. Okay. You're changing the zero thumbs. Thirty-three percent 
uh, score on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. Actually, I changed my mind. I'm going to give it one-tenth of a thumb. <laughs> I cut my fingernails this morning. They're going to have that. So you guys want to move on to card picks? Yeah. yeah. This is the part we've been jonesing for for the uh, entire week when spoilers got real heavy, man. Yeah. Talk about the good stuff. Who wants to go first? How about you go first because you won the challenge. Oh, I get something? Yeah. Aww. Make me feel the special. card picking oh. challenge, so. All right, we're going to go with Urza Assembles the Titans. I think this is a very cool card. It is a uh, saga for the time that Urza assembled the Titans. It's in the name. It was, this is uh, actually also my favorite card in the set. Uh, yeah, it's a good card, right? I don't yeah. know. I'm not good at evaluating cards, but I like the um, the bit in the books where Urza as the name suggests, assembles the Titans and then goes to Phyrexia to mess stuff up during the first invasion of Dominaria. Well, I guess the second by the Phyrexians. All right, what's the card do? It has read ahead, so all the sagas in this set have read ahead, so that's cool. First chapter, scry four. Then you may reveal the top card of your library. If a Planeswalker card is revealed this way, put it into your hand. Chapter two is you may put a Planeswalker card with the mana value six or less from your hand onto the battlefield. And then chapter three is you may activate the loyalty abilities of Planeswalkers. You control twice this turn rather than only once. And it is for three generic, two white. I think this is cool because it mechanically tells basically the, the, the story behind the, the Titans. Yeah, yeah. Look for your Planeswalker buddies that you need to power your giant mechs, and then you put them onto the battlefield. And then you get to uh, activate their loyalty counters, and some of them can accidentally kill each other on uh, Phyrexia because secretly the one that is the blue-white py- uh, blue-black pirate is uh, secretly a bad guy. Hmm. Surprising. Who would have thought the pirate, the, the black mana pirate Planeswalker is a bad guy? Mm-hmm. Blue-black. Anyways, which one was that? Bolivar, it Boli. What's his name? Bo Bolivar. Bolivar. Yeah, couldn't remember. If it was Lar Levar? Leave it. Leave it. Bolivar. Leave it. Like Bolivar Burton, but Bo Levar. Yeah, Bo Levar. I really like this card. I do. I think you have problems if this card does not have read ahead. Because yes. I don't think the one effect is effective enough to spend five mana on, especially if you're like yeah. on turn five. Right, because you want immediate I don't, good. Yeah, I don't see a lot of situations where people drop this on one unless they have control of the board, like they just board wiped or they there's no immediate threats. I, I don't have- see you dropping it at one very often, but dropping it at two is so effective. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you, you lose two cards, but... For five, you get to put a, a Planeswalker that's six or less. The Planeswalker probably is going to affect the battlefield. And then the next turn, you get to activate their abilities twice. Yeah. It's a pretty effective card. There are very few Planeswalkers where you getting to use any of their abilities twice is not going to affect the board state in a meaningful way. Yep, I like the card. It is a good card. Um, so uh, what's your pick? Whoever wants to go next. I can go next. 
I will talk about temporary lockdown. It's two white, one colorless. It's an enchantment. When temporary lockdown enters the battlefield, exile each non-land permanent with mana value two or less until temporary lockdown leaves the battlefield. It's like a portable hole, but it's like massive portable hole. Also, the, the there's a couple good things about this. One, it's it's not targeted, so it's each. So anything with hexproof, this can grab. And the fact that it's the fact that it's mana two value or less allows it to be in more decks than would otherwise work. So, for example, obviously this would be a, a blue white control kind of staple, right? Um, they don't play a lot of permanents. And if they do, mm-hmm. then they're usually above two, you know, to fairies and such. And, um, but also this could go in like certain cascade style decks that don't play cards under man, man of value too. Like, so like living end, this could be a good thing for living end because in those first three turns, I, I don't think they'll actually play it, but in in the living end style situation, but any deck that has takes like two or three turns to set up, you know, would want to use this card. I think that's in white. I think it's good. Mm-hmm. Um, it might be more of a sideboard card in a lot of situations and a lot of decks, but I do think it is a highly playable card. Yeah, this card so, says to me two things. Thing number one, and probably the most important thing, it says. I was clearly designed in the midst of a pandemic. <laughs> Thing number two, I really hate mono red aggro. <laughs> yeah. This is definitely I sideboard for that. Pioneer modern I hate, and standard. I hate Renin 6, but... Yeah. Expect little old me to know anything about that modern staple. You mentioned decks that take two or three turns to set up. Mm-hmm. If you're set up on turn three, do you think you're, you're temporary lockdown in instead of getting yourself set up? It depends on what your board state looks like. So, like, if, you're, if your big play is on three, but it's not going to be effective because they have a ton of things out blocking you, then you play this and then play turn four. I don't know. I'd have to see it played and I have to, like, fiddle with it. But, you know, obviously the choice is blue-white control. That's, like, the thing, right? Right. But... Other than that, in the in the other extraneous decks beyond that, it's kind of like you'd have to test it and be finicky with certain, you know, things. Yeah. Excellent. So what's your next, uh, what's your first card pick there, Other Dave? My first card pick is Archangel of Wrath. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Which is two white, two colorless. It has kicker for black and or red. It has flying and lifelink. And when it enters the battlefield, if it was kicked, it deals two damage to any target. If it enters the battlefield and it was kicked twice, it deals another two damage to any target. Yeah. Mm, uh, so for six, you can deal four damage to your board or to the player. Any target. And mm. get a three, four. And get a, a, a flying lifelink three, four. Yeah, and you do four and, damage. And gain or four and life. Gain yeah. four life. Yep. Oh, Yes. Oh, yeah. She has lifelink and she's the one dealing. She the does the damage. Yep. Sick. That's yeah. nice. That's what I, that was the big point for me is a lot of people don't realize that because she does the damage, you gain the life. Oh yeah. Uh, so for six, uh, three, four, flying lifelink, some removal or some direct damage and some life gain. That's pretty effective. Yep. This was going to be one of my picks, but you got me to it. You beat me to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, this is nice. I like it. I think it's a uh, pretty good uh, Mardu card. Anytime that I can gain life, deal damage, and get a creature, mm-hmm. I'm happy with that. Yeah, definitely a standard card for sure. Mm-hmm. Possibly Pioneer as well. Not sure Possibly about Modern. Pioneer. Uh, it's definitely not Modern playable. Yeah. Too, too many uh-huh. mana. Yeah, is there a decent Mardu deck in Pioneer at the moment? No, uh, Grease Fang. I said decent, not <laughs> cheap. <Yeah. enough. laughs> it doesn't really fit in the Grease Fang, I'm sure. No, so. it does not. But there, I mean, there is a, there is, I think there's a Clerics deck that is not very much in there, but I don't know if this would slot in there or not. Uh, like a Orzov, black and white. All right, let's move on. Let's go to my next pick. So I'm going to go with this next one, not because I feel like this card is, I mean, the card's okay. Shore up for one blue target creature you control gets plus one, plus one, and gains hexproof until end of turn. Untap it. And it's an instant. So this is a great uh, one mana, like, protection spell for when you got something on the board you really need to stay on the board. Yeah. But... Look how cool that lobster is. Look at it. <laughs> this is like the coolest freaking lobster I've seen in a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 getting short up, man. He's like got vines on him and Yeah, he's got like a a sick uh glyph on his back. He's got like a hat. Yeah, he's hexproof. It's a pretty swag lobster. So So I think this card could end up being one of the cards that helps Mono blue tempo become a thing again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, the untap it part is the the part that I like. Like mm-hmm. there there are cards that do this same thing or very similar effects, uh, but don't mm-hmm. have untap it on it. And I think this the untap it is an important thing you can you know fiddle with. Yeah, because like one of the keys to mono blue tempo before was dive down. Yeah, mostly just for the expert. Right. As an yeah. But also, and, this card helps with stun counters because it can basically, as an instant, remove a stun counter. Yep. Mm-hmm. That is true. Also, you can tap in response and then play this and then untap it, right? You, like, yes. let the let the tap trigger resolve. Well, I guess yeah. you'd get the trigger anyway, but then you, play this. Yeah, you don't yeah. need to let it resolve. Yeah. It can be on the stack. It would be on the stack, but it would still, yeah. Yep. So... Yeah, you could do good. They're like, oh, I got to get this Why, you know, well, I got to get this, kill this before. And then you just hit them twice with the trigger. This is like punishing. And then they don't even kill it. Sick. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was a, a, one, a neat one mana spell for yeah. protecting stuff. And you got to gotta call out the art every once in a while because it's cool. Um, next pick, whoever wants to go next. Hmm. I am going to talk about... I'll talk about Karn Silex. It's three mana. You mean Karn's big steamy bowl of popcorn? <laughs> yeah. This is the most lickable card in the set, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I haven't decided yet. We're going to go through everything, dude, but it's it's definitely up there, man. Dude, his... his... Listen, you want to lick Karn Silex? Look, it's, <laughs> it's obviously heated up and ready to put your popcorn kernels in it. You just put a little oil, some kernels, you have some popcorn. That's it. Mm. A little bit of watermelon. Fried watermelon? No, have you seen people were like melting watermelon and then popping their popcorn in it? Oh, wow. Yeah. To make, I, to make watermelon popcorn. Oh, that's interesting. I did. That sounds good, actually. I have not done that. I don't like watermelon, so. Mm. 
Anyway, it's a three mana legendary artifact. Karn Silex enters the battlefield tapped. Players can't pay life to cast spells or to activate abilities that aren't mana abilities. And then it has the ability pay X and tap. Exile Karn Silex. Destroy each non-land permanent with mana value X or less. Activate only as a sorcery. So I first saw this card, and the first thing I thought was, f*** them uh, fetch lands in particular. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, it shuts off fetch lands because they're not mana abilities. Um, it also shuts off, you know, other triggers. What's the guy that pays seven life? Uh, draw cards. Sounds like a demon ability. Yeah. Um, things like that. So, but mainly the fetch lands, right? Uh, the, is a static ability. I don't know. I mean, I mean, yes, fetch lands, but also any Phyrexian mana spell. Oh, yeah, exactly. I was going to say right. that. Yep. And which is relevant in this set because there's cards that give all of your sp- permanence Phyrexian right. mana, right? Um, mm-hmm. So the other part is the tap ability to destroy each non-land permanent. It's like engineered explosives, but like from a from a floor and down instead of just a very specific targeted converted mana cost. Yeah, no, Karn Silex is very good. The other important thing about Karn Silex is that it exiles itself. So the obvious place for this card is in the Karn fetch decks. You know, hey, let's go get something out of my sideboard and play it. But with Karn, you can also get things out of exile. So you can go and get this again with Karn and bring mm-hmm. it in. Ooh. So that's another thing. There are a couple downsides, of course. It would be broken, completely broken, if it didn't come in tapped. And also the fact you can only destroy things as a sorcery. Those are kind of like the things that keep it from being completely broken. But I think it is a very uh, good card for the Karn decks. Because, I mean, most of your board wipes are sorceries anyway. Yeah. And they still get play. So that that part, while it's relevant, because if you could do it as an instant, it would be broken. Mm-hmm. It being a sorcery is not something that you, is no. unexpected. That, uh, mostly, uh, I think it won't replace engineered explosives because of that, right? Because you can trigger engineered explosives. Well, also engineered, yeah. No, engineered explosives is probably the better card in modern. Yeah, because it's targeted. But if you want to wipe, then, you know, you... But, yeah, what I really like about this card is it gives, in standard... Other colors access to board wipes. Yeah. Mm. Yes. So, you know, you can be mono green and have access to a, a board wipe. Mm-hmm. Or if you, especially like mono green, the amount of mana you produce. Yeah. And that's a big you, boy. If you've got one. one big stompy out there and you can exile everything else, do it. Or destroy everything else. Yeah, the I mean the minor green pioneer deck I think is going to uh, benefit from this because basically you just you you kill all your uh, mana dorks <laughs> when you don't need them anymore and just wipe everything else out. Because one of the things that that's missing in pioneer because uh, engineer explosives is not legal in pioneer is any kind of like other side interaction like. You can't, there's not a lot of like spells or any spells in the main deck that target some other person's creature. So this will help with that, I think. Nice. I definitely am considering putting this card in my uh, mono green stompy thing that I've been working on. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Definitely has a place there. All right. 
What about uh, your next card there, other Dave? I am going to go with the phasing of Zalfir. Ooh, another one of Mark Rosewater's hints. This one being a blue destroy all creature spell. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead and tell everybody what it says. It's the saga, which costs two blue, two colorless. The first and second phase of the saga is another target non-land permanent phases out. It can't phase in for as long as you control the phasing of Zalfir. And three is destroy all creatures. For each creature destroyed this way, its controller creates a 2-2 black Phyrexian creature token. So, And it has read ahead. The, yes, and it has read ahead. Like all sagas in the set. Yeah. I, I, this card is just so effective in so many ways. You can, you can drop it and put it, the saga in at one and still use it defensively to protect your life total. Or if you're in a good place, you can, or, you know, if you're falling behind, but you have a couple decent creatures out, you can use it to protect your own creatures and destroy everything else. If you need it to go off the turn earlier, you can drop it at two. Or if you just need the board wipe right then, you could drop it at three. It just, yeah, everything about this card I like, and I think it it makes control very effective. But I think it can be used in decks that are not control even. Yeah, I think it's neat. It's target non-land permanent. So, like, say there's something that is a one-one, you could phase that out and not give them a two-two. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm okay with that one. So I'm gonna phase it out for when this thing goes off. I think that's cool. It's kind of. I mean, you can hit their planeswalkers if you're, you know, if you're like I'm going to destroy their creatures anyway, and you're, it's eminently survivable. You can make it so they can't use their planeswalkers for a couple turns. Right. I'm not sure about standard how it goes. I'm not sure. I don't know. This seems a lot like a commander card. I mean, it's definitely a commander card. Um, I'm not sure where else it would find a place in other formats. Does this have a slot in the theoretical mono blue tempo deck that other Dave has? So the uh, old mono blue tempo deck topped out at three. Okay. It did not make it to four, usually, Mm. uh, in terms of the converted man cost. Yeah. So no? Probably not. No. Okay. I'm sketchy with... With Pioneer mostly because it's such a creature heavy format that giving them two two black creatures is I'm not sure it's like better to do that right to wipe the board and give them two twos it's not enough I guess Um, wipe the board and then drop a meat hook well but but in the blue right control deck you have farewell and supreme verdict which destroys all creatures so this is a Demir deck obviously it's got meat hook in it. It's a hypothetical Demir deck I'm talking about. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. So that was actually, when I was thinking about it, I was thinking Demir would really benefit from this the most. Yeah. But I know Demir doesn't exist there. But I think Demir might have a place in the standard and or Esper even. Yeah. I think you could very easily slot this into Obscura, the current Obscura decks, because you can phase out the creatures you need to keep destroy everything else and standard right yeah you get to keep your ledger shredder yeah he's a workhorse man 
Well, since you mentioned uh, Esper, like a nice three-color deck, I am going to uh, bring up my card that I think might give a, a Jeskai deck of some sort some legs, and that is uh, Temporal Firestorm. It's, Never heard uh, of Jeskai before. You mean America? America. America. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jeskai. Again. I don't know Jessica. I know America. It's red, white, and blue for everybody not in the know. Temporal Firestorm is two red and three generic. It has kicker one white, one generic, and or kicker one blue, one generic. And it says, choose up to X creatures and or planeswalkers you control where X is the number of times this spell was kicked. Those permanents phase out. Temporal Firestorm deals five damage to each creature and each planeswalker, and it is a sorcery. So, what's is this? Is this card good? It, what's that card that bank- does five damage to each creature that you played the other week? It has to do with gates that I played. Yeah, yeah, the gates ablaze. Yeah, does number X of gates damage, right? X damage. How much did that X cost? Number of creature controls. Three. I don't know that I like this card. The five mana for five damage to each creature in Planeswalker is okay. It's better than Lava Axe. Well, it's not. But what? Hold up. You're telling me this card that does five damage to each creature in each Planeswalker is not better than Lava Axe, which is five for five. One creature, one Planeswalker, or a player. Exactly. Player. I thought Lava Axe was player only even. Is it player only? I don't know. Like, Lava Axe has a very specific purpose. I think it's player only. Which is, which is to deal five damage to a player. Player or planeswalker. planeswalker. Okay. I think they eroded that. Well, yeah. because how Planeswalker damage worked originally, if you could do damage to a player, you could choose to do yeah. damage to a Planeswalker instead. Right. So. Um, okay, fine. So, but, so I think I think this has... They they just have different purposes, so it's hard to say which one's better. Lava Axe is specifically designed to take a chunk of life off of your opponent yeah. or to use as a kill spell, whereas this is designed to clear the board. Yeah, but, well, yeah. But, but five damage does not always clear the board. But you get to pick one or two of your best threats, too. If you pay... If you pay seven or nine. Yeah. yeah. It's really expensive. So it's it's very flavorful. I do think... If there is a deck this slots into, mm-hmm. it is either Jeskai and or possibly Grixis. Grixis can still pay, pay the kicker at least once, but mm. Grixis can probably get it out of the graveyard and cast it multiple times, mm. giving mm. it more effectiveness. Um, or America could just use it as control, but I think America probably has access to a board wipe in white that would be better than this. Yeah, But that uh, Grixis control deck from last block was running the uh, the goblin. I forget what it's called, but you can either create three one one tieflings or goblins that deal one damage to a target when they die, or deal five damage to every creature. Mm-hmm. And so, if it was if that was seeing play, this can see play. So, what you're saying is that my dreams for like a Jeskai control deck, while not out of the question, are kind of dumb. I Jeskai control has a lot of tools right now. It it. Could certainly happen. I'm not going to say it's dumb. No. Okay, cool. I'm trying to find that card in this set that is twin something or another. Twin. 
like a twin tornado or <laughs> that'd be sick. You know what I'm talking about? No, I, off the top of my head. What does it do? Uh, it gives one. It's a modal. It gives. It copies a spell or does. It gives a creature double strike. Because I think that is. I I I'm not hot on that card, but I think that is a more playable card. Well, and also you were talking about copying things. The problem is that it copies and then you just... You Twin Inferno. Copy. Twin Inferno, that's it. Uh, for one red and one colorless instant, choose one. When you cast your next instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose a new target for the copy. Target or or choose target creature you control gains double strike until end of turn. Mm, yeah. Again, I'm not hot on it, but I think this is a... If you're going to try to do damage to somebody, you might as well just copy another card <laughs> that does damage to each creature. You might not get the five that way, but... Yeah, I don't think that's a better card than Temple Virus One. I was like, what are you... Because then you have three mana left to cast a spell. It maybe does four damage. You maybe get to choose two targets. It. Uh, what I'm saying is that you can... You can use this in more instances than Temporal Firestorm. Like, Temporal Firestorm is a very targeted, specific, like, I do really bad against aggro decks, so I'm going to slot this in. If you use it at all, Twinferno, while not a good card, like, keep in mind, it's not a good card. This, I, this I think, would see more play if you just copy the thing you want to kill things with and kill two things or you know there are multiple spells that say does you know two damage to two creatures or you know things like that i see um, i think I temporal think. firestorm is still the better card in that circumstance okay i because i mean, there was a reason that that other card was seen play i wish i could remember what it was now and that's like five damage to everything kills a lot of stuff mm-hmm. yeah and gets rid of a lot of planeswalkers and if you're in control, five mana is actually really not that bad. Even seven mana is playable. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I also know why I thought about this card because mm-hmm. it's it's uh, Jaya with um, Joda, and then in Temporal Firestone, it's Jaya with Teferi. It's like she's teaming up with people in this set. Yep. She teams up with one person in particular that doesn't yeah, work out real well. Neither card I would play. That's the point. <laughs> but like in a Boros deck, if I'm going to choose which one to use, if I have to use one of them, I'm going to use Twinferno in a Boros deck. Well, yeah, but Boros doesn't. Temple Firestorm doesn't fit into Boros. That's why you don't. Of course. America card, man. Because well, Boros, I mean, Boros is always going to need low to the ground creatures to be effective. And this yeah. is going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. That's why it's for control. It, it's for decks that don't have a lot of creatures where you're not going to kneecap yourself by casting it. I see. Yeah. I just, if you're going to, why, what's the point of adding a red into control? Like, what do you gain? There's already red. And if you can, I mean, there was a Grixis control deck not two sets ago. Well, if sorry. You, um, if you add removal, red to blue, white is like, what I mean. Targeted damage. White has a lot of that. So targeted. I, that's why I said before I think it's better for Grixis than than Jessica. Oh, I see. Get get rid of the white because the yeah. white has all the tools you need for because the white's what red have more would do. Wipes anyway, right? Mm. Uh, and so and 
access to board wipes that aren't going to kill things that have more than, or are still going to kill things that have more than five toughness. Whereas this, uh, if you're in Brixis, you have no board wipes. Right. Other, other than, uh, I guess you have meat hook right now, but. Yeah, not with yeah. these cards. And, and it's, in, I mean, like I said, originally, it's five mana to do five damage to each creature and Planeswalker, which is okay in itself. Yeah. Even so if, if you don't if, kick it at all. Yeah. yeah, if you're in Grixis, like I said before, you're in Grixis, you have access to play this spell multiple times because Grixis has tons of ways to cast instants and sorceries out of your graveyard. Um, you have You have access to the blue, so you could still save one of your permanents if you needed to. It's probably your best board wipe option. Because, uh, I yep. mean, Meat Hook, if you're going to kill everything with five toughness, is going to cost you seven also. So you get to save something. And yeah. you wiped everything. Chunk at the life gain. Yeah. So, <clears throat> I don't know. Because the, the five mana is the part that's killing me, I guess. It's the big part that's coming. Because like, you can't Snapcaster this unless you have seven mana open. Well, I didn't say it's good in modern. No, I know. I'm using... just saying, like, how are you going to get it out of the graveyard? Just like Galabet, Balaged recovery with green and just put a card from your graveyard to your hand again? Or like, that's that. That's like, I, I'm trying to think of ways to get it out of the graveyard. I just told you Grixis has tons of ways to do that. Like, I don't. Oh, well, which, like, that's what I was wondering, which ones? Because I was thinking Snapcaster. He, he and, wants examples. So like sorceries. I, I, I know I, I can mean, get, Grixis, I know Black can get creatures for days. Grixis has Leer. I mean, it would kill Lear to cast it, but... Oh, Disciple of the Drone. Uh, yeah. But it also... I forget the card. There's a card that gets instants and sorceries out of Graveyard and puts them into your hand. I feel like there's a couple of it cards that do it, but I can't think yeah. of them off the top of my head. I can see it, I guess. I, I just personally wouldn't play that card. <laughs> Honestly, we've spent way more discussion on it than I thought we would. I thought I'd bring it up and you guys would be like, this is a dumb card. Let's move on. So, Well, I want cool. it to be good. That's the thing. I'm, I just, I'm not. I'm, oh, I like think five we should damage move on, man, is good, I guess. This isn't the temporal All right. storm podcast. I'll go to oh. my next pick here. Um, so my pick will be Soul of Wind Grace. It is green. Red, black, and one colorless. Whenever Soul of Windgrace enters the battlefield or attacks, you may put a land card from a graveyard onto the battlefield tapped under your control. Pay green, discard a land, you gain three life. Pay one red and one colorless, discard a land, draw a card. Pay one black, two colorless, discard a land. Soul of Windgrace gains indestructible until end of turn and tap it. It's like Baby Omnath or something. <laughs> It's Om- Omnath is rotating out of standard, and I think that this card is like not as broken as Omnath, but it does do some different things. It does recur a land from the graveyard to the battlefield, so whatever you you need to do, it's like has the Ren and Six effect built into it. Mm-hmm. Discard the land, you gain three life. You know, um, discard a land, draw a card, discard a land, and then protect it. So it has a lot of modal effects that you can do. And the interesting thing about this is when you don't play a land on the turn, you have it in your hand, you can discard the land, attack with him, and then put the land onto the battlefield. So you're you're getting both effects except with the tapped land. I think it's I, I think you can do some neat stuff with this, I guess. I think it's a neat commander card. 
Yeah, mm, for sure. It I might it, be good for Jund in Pioneer, maybe. Are you finally going to get Jund to work in Pioneer because of this card? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's certainly got some some nice effects on it. It can it can affect game state. I think this will see play. I'm just not sure exactly what it will look like yet because it's kind of yeah. a complicated card you kind of need yeah. to play with. It's got a lot going on. Oh, burn down the house. That's the card I was thinking of. Oh, yes, that is the one I was thinking of. I was trying to think of the, the it was five in a, It was Innistrad, not, uh, not Forgotten Realms. That's why I was getting confused. I thought it was mm. like Forgotten Realms. Man, this our conversation would have been way cheap, way, way smaller if we just thought of this card. Because yeah. this uh, is a better card <laughs> than it's not that a, other. It's, it's not. It's the almost the same card. Yeah, but if you don't need to kill every five, you can get three devils. Three one one devils for five. Yeah, that's real effective. I've I've seen this card cast a hundred times, and I've not once <laughs> right. seen someone make the devils out of it. <laughs> you are you are correct. I have seen the same. Um, but yeah, I I I, I don't know. That kicker is can be great because you can protect a couple things, but I think it's just too expensive. But I, you don't need to have the kicker. The kicker is just a bonus mm-hmm. when you have okay. a five mana board wipe in Grixis. I, assuming that on turn five, most things are not going to have five toughness. Uh, like there's so a reason. There's a the reason. Three one one devils but, is a bonus that you can use if you so don't need it. That's if you don't need it. Yeah. Again, I've never seen anyone cast it for the three one one devils. Ooh, I've seen it cast a hundred times to do five damage. What situation is it more advantageous to cast it for three one one devils than it is just to keep it in your hand in case you need it later? Against a deck that's not playing creatures or planeswalkers. So, so well, yeah. which is really nothing because it's either creatures or planeswalkers, right? So, like at this point, yes, yeah. The only scenario I can think of is your opponent's down to three life and there's nothing on their side of the board. <laughs> Uh, so the only situation I've seen someone make the creatures rather than use it to, to do five damage to everything is if five damage wouldn't kill everything and they needed blockers uh-huh. to, to buy an extra turn. Yeah. yeah. Two turns. There's two scenarios where that, that plays out. Yeah. So there is, I have seen it, but again, I've only seen, I like of the hundred times I've seen that cal- spell cast, I've seen them make the devils once or twice. Yeah. I just... I, Which I one's just, a better bonus? Phasing a couple of your creatures out for nine mana or seven mana or three one one devils instead? But here's the, here's the point I'm trying to make that you okay. just keep... You keep hammering the seven mana is that this card saw play in standard as a board wipe in uh-huh. Grixis. Yeah. Why do you think Temporal Firestorm can't do the same? Oh, it can. I just, I, I, if you have Burn Down the House, would you, re- so my question is, would you replace Burn Down the House with Temporal Firestorm? Yes. Okay. I yeah. I still stand that I wouldn't play either, but that's. Well, how, how much Grixis do you play? That's the real question. Not in stand. I don't play Grixis in standard. No, no. All right. I mean, uh, it's not my style of play either, but I. Like I think that card has a state place. I will say when I was watching people play standard and they play burn down the house, it's like a oh sh moment. Yeah, they got him. 
This temporal firestorm part has caused way more debate than I ever thought it would. Very it's proud. because it's on the fringe, you know? It's like, it could be good, it could not be good, I don't know. Alright, well let's move on, because we've All right, Dave, so much time on Superior this. Other Dave, day, you're up. Get, get yourself a card. Okay, I'm going to go with uh, Sheldred the Apocalypse. Yeah. So, just on its own, two black, two colors to get a 4-5 death touch. It's pretty it's a good decent. body. Yep. Yeah. Unless it's not your opponent has a temporal firestorm. But right. Uh, and then whenever you draw a card, you gain two life. Whenever an opponent draws a card, they lose two life. That's the sweet spot right there. Yeah. I I like this card. I do. I've heard some people saying that like it's not as good as the other Praetors, and like because like Jinja Taxia just takes over the game by himself. But, yeah, but I don't think this card is bad. Jinja Taxi doesn't hit the board until like turn right. 10. Yeah. How, how, well, my, my how, point is that this is not meant to take over the game by itself. This, right. this is a value body. Like it doesn't get anything on ETB, which I can see why people would have a problem with that. But what it does do, if it's not immediately killed is it gives you, it gets you, gains you advantage over time. Cause every turn they're losing and you're gaining, you're draining them. It's every card draw. I think it's a cool card. I guess it's got legs. Uh, one, yeah. two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight. It's like a millipede. It seems at least eight. <laughs> I don't know. Look in the background. She's got uh, yeah. Like, that background is stuff in the back. Oh lord, <laughs> that's yeah. a lot. It's got legs, legs, legs got days, legs for days. real. Yeah, I think that it, it it's got a lot of places that I would try to put it. See what mm-hmm. let's see what happens. I, even if it only serves the purpose of forcing removal, because I've talked yeah. before about how like it, it's a card you have to deal with. You cannot mm-hmm. leave it on the board. The lightning yeah. rock. Yeah, your your flag bearer. Um, even if its only purpose is to make it so that other things that you play don't get removed, it still served a purpose. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, a 4-5 death touch is scary. A 1-1 one, one death touch, you're like, okay, I can lose one creature and kill the thing and then be good and not have it mess with me anymore. But it's going to be hard to combat damage, kill this 4-5 death touch. Yeah. You know, you're going to come out at, at, on advantage any time with a 4-5 death touch. So, Yes. At just the way that it extends the game for you and it shortens the game for your opponent. It's something that has to be answered. Do you want to, um, Dave, do you want to talk about your other ones? Because they kind of all go together. Yeah, I picked the Black Trinity here, the the Sheldred Braids and uh, and and the Raven Man, because I was kind of thinking of them playing together. They have that two, three, four drop rate. So yeah. You can, you can mm. drop Raven on turn two, uh, which is, you know, a, a one black, one colorless at the beginning of each end step. If a player discarded card this turn, you create a 1-1 bird token with flying that can't block, and you can tap it for four, and each opponent discards a card. You can activate that only as a sorcery. Then Braids drops three, which is the beginning of your end step. You can sacrifice an artifact, creature, or enchantment, land, or planeswalker. If you do, each opponent may sacrifice a permanent that shares a card type with it. For each opponent that doesn't, that player loses two life, and you draw a card. If you have Raven Man, especially if you have Lily of the Veil, which I didn't put in here because, but if you have Lily also, and Raven Man is making ravens, and you're sacrificing them to braids, and your opponents 
either sacrificing their creatures or letting you draw a card and you're drawing a card and you're gaining four life or, or sorry, you're gaining two life for the draw card and they're losing two life. Uh, it's going to get out of hand real yep. quick. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to make a very scary standard deck. I think this I think, is yeah. this is the start of a mono black deck or are we slotting this in something else? It's kind of what I'm leaning towards making at the moment in standard when this set comes out. Yeah, is a mono me too. black. Uh, just I I hate you even having a hand. <laughs> yep. Basically, there there was a deck that's um that was a lantern control in standard that's now phasing out with the rotation, and I think this is just a like I'm going to slot right in there. Uh, be good. Um, the interesting about thing about braids is that you can sac like say you have land advantage. You can yeah. sacrifice your land and force them to either sacrifice their own land or to lose two life. And then you get to draw cards to give you card advantage. So like this, yeah. like the way Braids is written, man, you can you can play this smartly and just overtake the board. Yeah. Yeah. Multiple uh, angles of attack. And I'm also yeah, glad I, that Braids finally got a good card. <laughs> what was the her original card? Uh, not not good. It, it all had effects like this, but this is like those effects on crack. Also, didn't she get a uh, she got a time shifted card too, right? Yeah, Cabal Minion. Mm. Um, well, that was uh, Eternal Master, so that was a Master's card. I'm not sure about time shifted, but her other one was at the beginning. Each player's upkeep that player sacrifices an artifact creature or land, and that's it. Yeah, Braids Conjurer Adept from Planar Chaos. Right, that's it. She yeah. she was blue, two blue, two colorless. The beginning of each player's upkeep, they can put an artifact creature or land card from their hand into play. Yeah, because she turned from black to blue in that time shift, right? Yeah. Wah, wah. Well, sweet. Well, I'm going to go move on to my next one. Maybe I'll just do two. Since, uh, no, other hopefully we talk about them as long as we talk about Temporal Firestorm. <laughs> oh, God, I hope not. <laughs> uh, no, I just want to bring up that Phyrexian Rager's back. It's a reprint mm-hmm. card. It's a pretty good uh, black popper staple. It's in my popper deck that I have. I like yeah, it a lot. it'll it'll be popper playable. Oh, it is popper. That's all I'll playable. say. It's in my popper deck on Magic Online. Yes, it's a card. Anyways, it's back. So I'm 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 real stoked about that. Um, and then I'm going to go with Silverback Elder because I know Ben wants to talk about this card too. Oh yeah. So let's get on it. It's a uh, three green and two. Call uh, generic. Everyone's favorite moss-covered gorilla. This gorilla is even swagger than the lobster. But anyways, it's a uh, ape shaman. Whenever you cast a creature spell, choose one. Destroy target artifact or enchantment. Look at the top five cards of your library. You may put a land card from among them onto the battlefield tapped. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Or last you gain four life. This yep. card does work. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, this is an immediate add to modern or mono green pioneer slash explorer deck. This is automatic add. And it takes the place of Cavalier of Thorns instantly. Not that Cavalier of Thorns is bad. This card is just better. The fact that you get the triggers every time you cast a creature spell, which you do a lot in that deck, 
And the the only thing that Cavalier Thorns does differently is that you get to put a card from your graveyard on top of your library when it dies. But I don't think that effect is is sadly missing by at getting these other effects. You get to gain life. You get to destroy target artifact enchantment. Yeah, it's just better in every way. I I'm not sure I agree with you. Oh no! Have I started another? No. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I just not, so, so Cavalier of Thorns um, has an ETB trigger. Yeah, mm-hmm. he has his ETB trigger where Silverback Elder needs other creatures to come into play to mm-hmm. trigger. So if Silverback Elder gets removed, the other thing about the Cavaliers is they have that effect also. They have an effect when they get removed as well. Right, when they die. And so uh, people yeah. often, they're, they're a little bit more... You get two triggers, basically, if someone kills your Cavalier as soon as you cast it. You get no triggers if someone kills your Silverback as soon as you cast it. That is true. That said, the triggers on Silverback are probably better than the yeah. triggers on Cavalier. I mean, if, of course, if I put if this in my deck... on the board. Yeah, if I put this in my deck and it doesn't die, <laughs> then immediately, then it'll stay. But if not, then I'll slot back in Cavalier Thorns. But... Yeah, I just, I, I, I just I, like that he's carrying around a tree as a staff. Yeah, just a straight tree. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a sapling. It is a straight tree. Definitely a cool card. Got some great art. Does yeah. work. Kind of beefy. Four five. That's not bad. Not bad at he, all. He does not die to temporal firestorm. Yes, he true. does not. That is true. The um the other thing just about him real quick is that it's uh, versus Cavalier Thorns, obviously, because that's just the, the analog card for this, is that you put the cards, when you go search for the land, you, you put the cards on the bottom of your library instead of the graveyard. I have learned in the mono green deck that that is like you casting a Cavalier Thorns and losing those cards is less is really inconsequential. So... I don't think that's a big separation. You know, I don't think that that, that's a big difference there. I did want to mention that. All right, let's move on to, uh, why don't you do two your picks there, uh, Ben? May I suggest your lords? Oh, yeah, I got two lords. These are the two best lords in the set, I think. I I could take or leave the other ones. I think that these two um, have potential promise. So I'll start with the one that I rate lower, maybe? I don't know. Leaf Crown Visionary, it's two green, or it's green, green. Creature, Elf Druid, it's a 1-1. One, one. Other elves you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever you cast an elf spell, you may pay one green. If you do, draw a card. Super powerful. Yeah. Uh, yeah, dice to chain whirler, it's no good. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Because it doesn't unless buff itself. Unless there's a second one. Correct. So anyway, but the the thing or is, any you, number of the other fifteen elf lords that buff, buff of every other right, elf, right? So this is obviously going to go in an elf deck from modern to it might see legacy. I, I'm not familiar with it elf deck enough to know if this would be good for that. But the I don't I, I don't think so. Yeah, that that elf legacy deck is ugh, it's stacked. I say it uses what slate to draw cards, right? Yeah, or it used to. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, Slate is obscene in that deck. So yeah. I don't think that this replaces Slate in any way. And then the other one is Runevelt, Horde Master. It is one red, one green. Creature, Goblin, Warrior. It is a 1-1. One, one. Other goblins you control get plus, plus one, plus one. Whenever Runevelt, Horde Master, or another goblin you control dies, exile the top card of your library. 
If it's a goblin creature card, you may cast that card until the end of your next turn. A lot going on here. Basically, uh, when you throw your goblins to the fodder, you can replace them is the idea, right? Is that Uh, card advantage I smell? Super card advantage in a in a goblin deck. Um, there That's are some wicked. other combos that you can you can use with this card. It's Skirk Prox, Prospector, I believe. Yeah, the sacrifice a goblin add mana to your map. Yeah, so you sack and then you whatever. just di- you can use Skirk. You add red to sacrifice a goblin and add red. Yeah, and then you can dig through your deck basically. Yep, um, and then use the mana to pay for the things you find. Yep. So I think that one's going to see play um, wherever there's a goblin deck. I, I think Legacies, people in Legacy are kind of excited about this card too. Legacy goblins, from what I hear. Sick. All right. Uh, I'm going to do... Oh, man. I think we should do one more each and then call it a day. But I have two I really want to talk about. Sounds good. To so uh, I guess I'll shelf my pick for my wall commander deck and just go with uh, Joda... The Unifier for Wooberg, legendary creature, human wizard, legendary creatures you control, get plus X plus X, where X is the number of legendary creatures you control. Whenever you cast a legendary spell from your hand, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a legendary non-land card with a lesser mana value. You may cast that spell without paying its mana cost Put the rest on the bottom of the library of your library in a random order, and it's a five-five. Good God, that's a mouthful, but it's a good card, right? In specific situations, yeah, it's like a cascade for legendary. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Plus, I'm going to go ahead and make my argument that this is a five-color Lord Lord because legendary creatures are very lordly. You did make that uh, prediction that the lords would be a Lord Lord, didn't you? Yeah, and it was going to be a five-color Lord Lord. He doesn't say the word Lord on him, but... None of the Lords do, though. So you can't get... Um, you can't get that technical with me, so... That's true. But what uh, we can do is get technical enough with you to say none of the Lords are legendary creatures, either. The ones in the DM you uh, commander set are the uh, assassin in the Kobold Lord. We don't are... talk about the commander set. You guys can go take a freaking hike. I already won, but I'd like to say that this was pretty close, I think. I'll give it to you on spec. I won't. Ah, Well, two out of three, you're outvoted. Only because it doesn't matter. (laughs) If it came down to it and it was a tie and this was going to push you over, I'd say nah. Yeah, I'm just, I'd I'd like to win more, please. All right, so any more thoughts about this card? I don't, it's hard to evaluate him because I didn't, I haven't played in a set where you focus on legendary. I mean, obviously, it's probably good for commander. You build a legendary commander deck. Um, I just don't know if... The thing about Cascade is it's very tough because you... Cascade is really powerful. It's like it's like okay just by itself, but it's really powerful when you build your deck around your Cascade cards and never having anything but the, your your one target you want as the target, right? So, mm-hmm. for example, Living End, Living End's a no-mana spell because it has you have to cast it with Suspend. So you, mm-hmm. your Cascade spells are all three mana value. Mm-hmm. So you have no other cards in your deck that are lower than 
that are two or one or zero. You have nothing. So it always hits that living in. So it's hard to value how powerful this can be unless you're doing that, right? I think, honestly, that this this card probably has more legs in like outside of standard or more mainly commander where you can dip into some of the legendary spell spells yeah. from uh, Dominaria. Because right now, the only thing that's going to set this off are legendary creatures because there's no other legendary spells in yeah. the set that I'm aware of. Right. I did a brief look, so... I don't know. I don't know if it has any legs in standard, but I'm thinking commander. If you build around it real good. Oh yeah, I like yeah, commander. I could see this being being a thing, but in a constructed format where you want mo- more consistency, yeah, I, I'm not sure you can reach that. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to be proven wrong because I like Joda. So, oh, he's one of my favorite characters. Definitely. Any thoughts, other Dave? Nope. You don't like this card, do you? <laughs> Joda. I do not. You're like, I have no strong opinions about this card either way. <laughs> I, it, it exists. Well, it That's... certainly does. All right. Well, why don't you... I, I, I'm not a big fan of anything five-color, really, at the end of the day. You're not You're not a Wooberg stan? No. If you can fire off Golos Tireless Pilgrim's ability, it really pisses people off and they rage quit. Um, basically, you pay Wooberg and two... And uh-huh. then you exile the top three cards of your library and you can play them this turn without paying their mana costs. Like people, if you can do that, I, I've done it in the mono green deck on uh, Explorer. And people, every time I do it, people just quit. They're like, done, I'm done. That's hilarious. Yeah, because you have a land that, there's a land in there that you pay five. I forget the name of it, but you pay five and it makes Wooberg. So you just do that. Get Golos with Karn. That's the combo. Um. All right, so for my pick... I I went through a lot of different things and tried to find one that I fit for this last slot that I think could be interesting. And I don't know. I settled on a Threats Undetected, uh, one green, two colorless. Search your library for up to... It's a sorcery. Search your library for up to four creature cards with different powers and reveal them. An opponent chooses two of those cards. Shuffle the chosen cards into your library and put the rest onto your hand. Or in, into your hand. This is like Gifts Ungiven, right? Yeah, I'm getting vibes. Yeah, it's definitely gifts ungiven. It's even the art mimics gifts ungiven's art. Yeah, threats undetected. The name mimics it. Um, I'm not sure, like in standard and stuff like that, what your targets would be. But the I think the idea would be that you pick. You want to get four bangers, right? But you want to. It's like the Lotus Field deck when you um, give them the choice. And it's really they're not they don't have a choice. I, you can you can do that with this card. Um, you put a really uh, banger creature in one pile and another banger creature in another pile, and then they're they're gonna have to get the shit end of the stick either way, right? And I like yeah. that play pattern. I don't know that this one sees play the way that Gifts Ungiven did, mm-hmm. just because sorcery speed and creatures only is not it's not as effective, right? But I guess uh, time will tell. I've been wrong yeah. before. And and it's no, noted that Gifts Ungiven was um, four cards with different names. So it was like very much... It was more versatile. Yes. And then Gifts Ungiven went to the graveyard. This goes back into your library. So, But it, minimal differences. This is one less converted mana cost too. So I'd like to see it like a deck built around this, you know. 
to do fun yeah. things with. Might be neat. Brew us up something special. Yeah. Uh, I've I've noticed that other Dave doesn't have any more picks. So it's because he did three in a row. Yeah. Naturally, that means that I'll just go with my my last one, which is Shield Wall Sentinel. It's an artifact creature golem for four, and it has Defender. And when Shield Wall Sentinel enters the battlefield, you may search your library for a creature card with Defender. Reveal it, put it into your hand, and then shuffle. It's a one three power toughness. This is a uh, Defender tutor. I think it's neat. Um, yeah, you like your walls. Dude, I'm one of these days. I'm gonna get that uh, wall deck and paper. And oh yeah, this uh, definitely goes in commander. there. Commander definitely slots into wall tribal commander. And I heard seen people talk about wall popper. So oh yeah, uh, very excited for it. Dude, you just blink all this right. thing in and out, and you go and find all your walls. Get, get all the walls. Yeah, it's, uh, definitely do that. All right, I, I'm gonna take like five second, five minute break to go to the bathroom, and then we'll finish the podcast. I'm about ready to piss myself. I need to stop drinking Monday mornings. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't drink in the mornings anyway. That means you're an alcoholic. Be able to drink whatever I want. You, this is America. It's five o'clock somewhere. All right. Well, that was. Uh, I think those were some great spoilers. I I liked them all. Um, before we wrap up the spoilers, though, we have to uh, choose this set's most lickable card. Uh, you guys have any input on this? Uh, it's she Oldred. She has a lot of legs. Got, uh, oh, okay. Uh, Wait, let's uh, put it this way. Uh, Quinn Tarantino's favorite card is she Oldred. I, uh, sounds to me like you just admitted to having a foot fetish as well. No. It, <laughs> it's all right. You're allowed to like whatever you want. No judgments from me. Yeah. Don't king shame. You're not yucking my yum. No, no, no. I, I'll re, I'll leave the feet for uh, Quentin Tarantino. Seems fair. Okay. Well, I don't know. You guys have it's, to help me pick. It's, it's corn, dude. It's corn silent. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The popcorn yeah, bowl. Man, that's like ready made. Really, really gets me. I like that a lot, but that gorilla is uh, like yeah, the, the swaggest yeah, gorilla swag. ever. Mm. And then you've got Larry the Lobster up here on Shore Up. It looks pretty swag, too. So. This is a tough call for this set. I think but, if you can I see mean, Larry's face. Lobster lobster tails are pretty good. A giant one has got to be better. That's true. Yeah. Huh. Oh, <laughs> we'll save this for after the podcast, but I have a giant lobster uh, religion I want to pitch you guys. So what's our vote? Yeah, what's our vote? I think I'm going to go with Karn Silex because not only is it a giant popcorn ball, but I really feel like it does, the card itself, mechanically, does what the Silex would do. So Cook popcorn? Oh, no. Okay. Exile non-land tournaments okay, right. with mana value. X. It kind of does that, right? The Silex kind of, yeah, yeah. The Silex does that. So I think, ultimately, we're going to go with Karn Silex. And it's anti-Phyrexian because you can't pay life, right? Yeah, So it's, exactly. like, it's like perfect. It does everything Karn would want his popcorn bowl to do. He don't want to share with the Phyrexians. He, uh, you know, wants to be able to remove everything after. Um, yeah. Very nice. I'll, 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 I'll put my hat in the bowl for that. Excellent. So this set's most lickable card, the one with the most flavor, Karn's 
Silex. Yeah, even more flavorable oh. if you uh, put watermelon in it yeah, first. Apparently, that's a thing. You sure it's not Urza assembling the Titan? <sighs> I really. Why would you do this to me? I was. We were almost <laughs> clear. It, Ah, yes. We gotta go with the Urza symbols of Tarkin. It's got the apocalypse mask. Yeah, yeah. It. I'm going. I'm I'm sticking with Karn Silex. You're trying to trip me up. I get what you're doing. You're trying to make my day bad because I'm going to be like, I should have picked that for the rest of the week. But we're going to go with that. And and I think the thing he's standing on also has seven rings. It's uh, Frexia nine. Oh, nine, nine. nine. But there's not nine. Yeah, I. I didn't count, so I don't know, man. Oh, it does have the Frexian symbol in the middle. Look at that. Mm-hmm. See? Flavorful. I thought Very I flavorful. forgot it was nine and not seven. Mm-hmm. You know, mixing lore up. Yes. Anyways, we'll do that. Honorable mention goes to Urza assembling the Titans, and then uh, Swaggest Art can go to the Silverback Gorilla. There you go. Uh, silverback Elder. Uh, honorable mention goes to Larry the Lobster. Inshore up. And we're moving on to the brew challenge. We're going to do the brew challenge. Historic popper deck brew. Uh, this is the time where we submit our deck. Yeah, we do typically do these on Monday at 1 p.m. when we do them, which has been pretty consistent lately. So yeah, every other mind Monday. If you want to catch one live. On the Magic Proofing Grounds Twitch channel. Or, alternatively, catch it on the YouTubes or in the VODs. Okay, so what I was saying at the top of the show was I spent probably more time than I should have uh, doing this challenge. I brewed a completely... Uh, I wanted to do mono, mono black because like I haven't done that in a challenge. So I'm doing like mono black. And then I brewed one that was like featured a lot of discard and just taking stuff from people. Which is cool, but I didn't really like how it played, and I didn't really feel like it was that good. And then, so I built a uh, mono black zombie themed. Oh no! Oh no! Did you do mono black zombie too? I did. I oh. that was one of the decks I tooled with, but didn't want to spend wild cards on. Okay, so you but should uh, post your list, and we'll compare to see what you got versus what I got. And then, what um, did you post your list already? Yeah, I posted it in the the Discord. Just put it up. No, wait. I forgot to hit enter. It's been submitted. This is going to be interesting. What deck did you decide to go with there, uh, Ben? Um, I made a I made a huge mistake. Oh no! I was looking through I was looking through Popper because I I like to try to do like I could have done some really powerful Popper decks and stuff, but I I I always try to do my challenges like. Something that's not in the meta, you know what I mean? Like something, um, so something that's bad. Is that your cover for being bad? Well, no, brewing? because my thought thought their decks something, actually decent. Something that something that he takes directly off of NTG Goldfish, like that. Uh, <laughs> I did not, the Gladiator deck. I did. I literally spent hours on that. I swear to you. Mm-hmm. Um, by not in the meta means he he scrolled to the tenth page of NTG Goldfish. What what I really wanted to do. Um, was there? I know that there's an interaction where you can blink Mold Drifter in mm-hmm. Popper. Um, so I wanted to build around that, but then I looked, and there's already a really popular deck doing all that. So mm-hmm. I, just, I chose not to go that route, even though it probably would have been the better play. Because uh, I was like, 
you know it's suspiciously missing from the popper meta landfall mm. um turns out there's a reason it's not in the meta because it's not very good but i'm gonna try it anyway because i already spent my wild cards on it and i didn't want to spend like 40 more common wild cards to build a different deck so that's what we're going with um there's only very few land car uh landfall common mm. cards and i think that's why it's not a thing so we'll see it's a mono green landfall deck i forgot to put the witch's cottage in this version of the deck oh well I was looking through your list you just submitted. I said, ah, he's got the witch's cottages in there too. And then I was like, wait a minute. They're not in mine. What the hell? They were in my first version. Ah, that sucks. Anyways, I didn't spend any time tweaking this, my deck's land. Oh dear. (laughs) Um, I see that you have, uh, in your deck, other Dave, uh, Jim Palm Polluter. I assume that is your, like, cooted, Coup de gras card, coup de gras card. Yes, 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 it is. I have that card in mine as well. That's how I knew. It's funny how that is. Um, okay, so, huh, you've got a lot of different, probably better cards in yours than mine, but uh, I'm interested to see how this plays out between this. Uh, I wouldn't call it a mirror match, but theme mirror match, me, you, yeah. And then, and then we have uh, Benoit's admittedly bad landfall deck. It's not bad. It's just not very good. I mean, you made it, so it's bad. <laughs> you seem pretty upset about that uh, gladiator deck that I made. That I trounced? Well, yeah, you did, but I don't know why you're so upset about it. Oh, man, speaking of our gladiator decks, I turned my uh, blue-white control deck into a uh, historic brawl deck. Mm-hmm. Major I, Commander. Uh, Teferi, uh, Hero Dominaria. I was Teferi. Yeah. No, it's, it's, that makes sense. It's always, it's always been Teferi. Uh, I don't know if I get wins because people hate playing against it or if it's just good, but getting some wins. Probably makes so it both. Makes me, <laughs> makes me uh, feel good about myself just a little bit. Um, anyways... We will post the results on the YouTube channel, um, and we'll either talk about it next week. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, wrap this bad boy up. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find us, Ben? You can send us an email at podcast at magicprovinggrounds.com. You can find us on Twitter at mpgpod. And you can find me on my personal Twitter at mpg. Where can they find you, Moderator Dave? They can find me on the Twitter spaces at Dave underscore MPG. They can also find me currently morning on the weekdays streaming on the Magic Proving Grounds Twitch channel for the time being. So uh, check that out. Where can they find you, other Dave? Um, Last we checked, you were in the... uh, southwest region of the Lone Star State. Uh, I am currently in the swamps of Louisiana. Again? I got turned around. <laughs> and You went back for more gumbo? Had a, had a craving for some, some crawfish. Yeah. And so I went back to the swamps we, to get some more crawfish. We've lost him. We'll, we'll check back at you in a Mardi Gras. <laughs> 
never to return. Oh, I'm just, so I'm just going to become a swamp monster. Yeah. That's my plan now. It seems that you've spent some time in Texas since you went to the across it and then back, right? Uh huh. Yeah. Is it yeah. is it is it true what they say? Is everything bigger in Texas? Uh, I gained about twenty pounds. So <laughs> all that <laughs> barbecue, Eat, eating Texas barbecue. Yeah. yeah. So I, <laughs> yes, yes. At least I am bigger in Texas. <laughs> all that barbecue and then the uh, fried sticks of bacon butter. I didn't do any fried sticks of bacon butter. This is what you. This is what you do. This is how you do it. This Texas classic. Totally not making this up. You take a stick of butter, you freeze it, and then you get like bacon, and you wrap that butter with bacon until mm-hmm. it's completely covered end to end in bacon, and then you get a uh, beer batter, and you beer batter it, mm-hmm. and then you deep fry it. And then you got yourself a, a, a bacon, uh, deep fried bacon butter stick. Well, didn't somebody win a contest for like best fried food doing this? Like legitimately? Um, maybe that's where I heard it. I know somebody <laughs> fried beer one time at the Texas State Fair. Yeah. And, and won a contest. They they really like their fried weird shit. Yeah. In Texas. That they um, do. Sounds like coronary artery yeah, disease. Yeah. Yes. I, I did see a giant butter statue of Sam Elliott as I was traveling nice. across Texas. So. Nice. Was his no, epic it's, mustache it's, accurately depicted? It was starting to melt. Uh, need to redo that. Yeah. Yeah. Do that man justice. Exactly. That guy's got a voice, I'll tell you what. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, that's the show. Cue the music. He's also got a 20-inch hall, <laughs> according to the butter statue. Is it to scale? <laughs> Actual hog or uh, motorcycle? Because a little tiny motorcycle would be hilarious. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to say motorcycle. Going to go though. Wait, you say religion? A, a giant lobster religion, yeah. Is this like a giant spaghetti monster thing? No, this is an actual giant lobster. So there's a, a, a post. I don't know. It was on, um, oh, fuck, I don't know where it was. doesn't matter. But it's a, uh, there's a post like, let's start a religion because tax exemption? Lobsters? No. Well, yeah, also. <laughs> but lobsters are technically immortal. They just keep growing, and the only reason why they die is because they get too big to molt properly. So the religion takes a lobster, oh damn, grows it, helps it molt, and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then once it's a giant leviathan lobster, you uh, worship it as a god. I'm down. So I just got to pull some carapace off some uh, lobster. That's my job. That's your job, and feed it. And, you know, it's like going to SeaWorld every Sunday, except it's church. Oh, wow. And it's a giant lobster. See? It works, man. Join my, and then you get the tax write off, giant lobster religion. Yeah, tax write off. God is actually real. Pay for Immortal some lobster god. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. You're cracking me up, man. You sound like it's very funny. <laughs> um, you, you sound like you really enjoyed my idea. Get it? Get it? Cracking? 
Yeah. Oh, Kraken. Oh, <laughs> oh, that one went all that went right over my head there for a second. 